But I love the astrology because looking at it uh, provides us with clues and questions that we can ask ourselves to find where might we be able to seek more joy? Where might we be able to shine the flashlight on the parts of us that are really here to be presented in the world that, you know, maybe someone would say are strengths? And how can we also accept and love our shadow self, our challenges? That's another huge, huge piece with, with the astrology. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today, I am joined by Emily Nahazel. She is an intuitive career coach who believes that we all deserve to spend more time doing exactly what we love. She supports female entrepreneurs and conscious corporate individuals who really want to work and do work that better supports their souls. And I really enjoyed this conversation because honestly, over the last five years, we've talked about this so much on the podcast, just this opportunity to get to know yourself, to unlock this element of curiosity, to tap into what brings us joy is such a gift. And there are so many tools that allow us to do that, to allow us to find more joy in our work, tools like human design and astrology, meditation and journaling, and all of it really comes down to working with your intuition. And so this opportunity to allow ourselves to be curious and dive in and really get to know ourselves this way and get to know our joy or tap into elements of our joy that we didn't know existed, this opportunity to get to know what makes us shine, what will allow us to shine even brighter, what lights us up is really a gift. And so this is really ultimately what Emily and I talk about in today's new episode. We talk about working with our astrology and human design to find more joy in our work, what our charts really say about our careers and the significance of our North and South nodes. We chat about career blocks, challenges and changes and how we can ultimately get clarity on our path forward through diving into shadow work. Shadow work is a topic and point of discussion that's often discussed in wellness and spiritual spaces, but what does it really mean in the context of our careers? And we talk about too, why our next steps are always deeply rooted in our intuition. Emily and I chat about the significance of redefining success and why our definitions of success change over time and the purpose behind resistance. I really, really, really love this part of the conversation. Plus, we talk about ultimately finding your footing in your life and your career through following your joy, her go-to affirmation, her biggest dream, and so much more. Now, more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or 
friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. I really just so appreciated this conversation with Emily and sitting down with her. It's so interesting because as we continue to follow our joy and follow our desires, it can lead to just such huge and tremendous Um, And sometimes unexpected shifts and changes in our work and our lives. And ultimately, it's about allowing ourselves to create the space for that element of joy to shine and step in. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I've had from this podcast over the last five years and this exploration of joy for myself and for others. So as always, I cannot wait to hear what you think about the conversation. Make sure to join join the conversation, join the discussion around these episodes on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you have been enjoying the podcast over the last five years, I would be so grateful if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and follow the show on YouTube as well. Um, I think that's it. Next week, we are celebrating five years of the podcast. um, And I have a big announcement that accompanies that five-year anniversary episode. So can't wait to hear what you think about this one. Stay tuned for next week. Uh, And without further ado, let's dive into this one, a conversation really about following your joy and finding your footing uh, with Emily Nahazel. I'll see you on the other side. Emily, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation. You're so welcome. (laughs) I know that we connected uh, via Leah Van Doren, which I think is the best. Like when someone you know in common is like the reason that, um, you know, two people have come together. And um, so I'm just so looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Me too. Me too. And like we were talking about uh, before you hit record, I am entering my way back into the work world. And really my barometer for things that I put on my calendar is, is this really going to bring me joy? Um, Because it has to, in order for me to uh, take time away from my little baby. Mm, I know you just shared with me too, that your, your little one is three months old. So by the time this airs, he should be about four months old. And it's so interesting what you said about carving out time for things that bring you joy, because Mm -hmm. often when we're talking about our careers or our jobs or our businesses, there's elements of it that bring us joy and then elements of it that we have to do, right? Because it's inherent to moving the ball forward, so to speak. And I'm curious you know, as you're jumping back in, but also just in your, you know, lifetime lifespan, I know you were a CPA for over seven years. I mean, how do you balance or how do you recommend people balance 
looking for joy, seeking out joy, securing that joy for themselves in their career with like, I got to attend that meeting. I have to do that thing. I really hate it. Like, how do we reconcile those things? And I know I'm hitting you with a big question. No, no, this is such a good question. But I think it's perfect. Even as I was saying, I'm only putting things on my calendar. That's true. I'm only putting things on my calendar that that I'm only working with clients and having conversations that are going to bring me joy. But of course, there are pieces of work and are pieces of business that, yeah, you do to move the needle forward or Mm -hmm. to keep the ball rolling. And my advice for anyone listening would be to check in Mm -hmm. and see if at least Uh, and it's not just about your work because some people work 80 hours a week. Some people work 60 hours a week. Some people work quote unquote zero hours a week. Although all the moms out there, I so see you like very hard and underappreciated job, but checking in and seeing if the complete picture of your life is bringing you joy. I think that is the bottom line. And I feel passionate about talking to people about work because a lot of folks do spend a lot of their time at work doing work. Um, but yeah, it's really about the whole picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have found for myself, (laughs) I try and find like one thing within this meeting or this, uh, Mm -hmm. to do that will bring me joy, recognizing that the whole day is not going to be exactly what I want to do. But if there's one way, one thing I can take away as like a joyful moment. So if I'm in a meeting, okay, I don't love the topic of conversation, for example, but what's bringing me joy is this connection with my coworkers, Mm -hmm. or it's the opportunity to problem solve something that I enjoy doing or trying to come up with a solution. It's just about finding, I think, and holding on to that moment of joy for yourself because like you said, like there's no way your whole day, your whole week, especially, you know, for a new mom, I would imagine like you're on the clock 24 seven. So finding just one (laughs) thing you can point to, um, that has that element of joy. I think it's a perspective shift. Totally. And I love that like tip for folks. And another thing I'll offer is how can you make something that maybe isn't joyful, more joyful. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, you really hate folding laundry, but that's a part of life. Right. Can you put on some music and, you know, have fun while you're doing it? And when it comes to work, like maybe you can listen to music at work or maybe you can treat yourself somehow for like getting through something that maybe feels more challenging or yeah. more sticky. Yeah. Bring some levity right? Like bringing some levity and some fun into the mundane tasks. I love that idea. I will tell you the days where I get to, oh, this is a little embarrassing, but listen to like 10 to 12 podcasts while I work. Like that's a good day for me because I'm, I'm doing something I enjoy doing or listening to music or talking with my coworkers. The days where I'm like grinding and I hate that word, but it makes sense sometimes for me. And I look up and I go, I haven't done anything but work. I haven't listened to a podcast. I haven't gone on a walk. I haven't spoken to anybody. Those are the most miserable days. So I love this idea of bringing a little levity. How can you make it fun? Can you turn that laundry into a dance party? You know, something to infuse a little, I think, joy, fun, and levity back in is, is huge. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I know as part of your work, you use astrology and human design to help people find more joy. And I think it's so interesting because we all have these different points within our chart, whether it's astrology or human design that point to our joy, that point to what light us up, that point to, I guess, um, I don't know, like 
what makes you shine? I have a friend, her name is Kelsey Abbott and she's all about human design. And for her, it's all about like, where are these areas that you can find play for yourself? So I'm so curious, how did you start working with astrology and human design in this area of work and career? Yeah, it's a, like looking back, the trajectory makes sense. Mm. Uh, it, it was really me following my joy, my inspiration, my creativity in the moment that has gotten me to this place. Mm. So as you mentioned, I was a CPA, an accountant, an auditor for, for anyone unfamiliar with that uh, abbreviation for almost five years. And I got to a point where I was about to be promoted and I just, it wasn't bringing me joy. I knew mm. there was something bigger, but different for me. I was good at it, but I didn't feel like this was the place for me. And so I followed my, I, I really think it was curiosity, but also joy in the time to yoga and healthy mm. living. And in that path, oftentimes the, the physical wellness is a portal to the spiritual or the emotional wellness. And I found astrology. And for me, this tool was so life-changing, is so life-changing because it provided me with a language and a way mm -hmm. to articulate, this is who I am. These are all my different facets, my different quirks. And also this is who I am, which is different from my best friend, my coworker, my uh, parents, now my child, my mm -hmm. partner. Mm -hmm. And there's something in that, that is so... I think that one of the ways that we can find more joy is to know ourselves, mm -hmm. to that to have an answer exactly to that question. This is who I am. Mm. So I found it. I started applying it to myself and very quickly, I feel like this is always the case for me. What I'm applying to myself, I end up sharing with my clients and I've brought it into my work now in that way so that people that I work with can, can have a better idea of who they are, what's what might be some challenge points for them, what's going to light them up, what's going to be expansive for them so that they can hopefully infuse that knowledge into their work where they mm -hmm. spend a lot of their day. Mm -hmm. I love what you said that for you, it started with following your curiosity. And I think that's such a tremendous moment of courage, to be honest, because mm -hmm. there can be things that we're curious about that, that we want to know more. Or something is just not sitting right. Like this is not everything I want to do. Maybe there's something else, but opening that door or cracking open that window to what that might look like, I think it takes a lot of courage because yes. it can be scary <laughs> to dive into that element of unknown known. You know what I mean? Of like, okay, like I could explore this. And I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves. That means like, okay, if I open up this door, that means I've got to learn everything right now and I've got to implement it right now. And so I think it's so interesting what you said about this element of curiosity, because I think there are so many things about ourselves that we are curious about, but it can be a little scary sometimes to open yeah. that door, pop open that window and really, you know, start to dive in. And so I just think it's so interesting what you shared too about how once you started to look at your astrological chart and your human design, which I need to know, like what, what is your sun, moon and rising by the way? Yes. And, and what's your, what's your HD? I am a Pisces sun, Pisces moon, Libra rising okay. and a generator in human design. 
Okay. All right. So Aquarius moon, Cancer rising. Yes. No, excuse me. Aquarius sun, Cancer rising, Taurus moon. Ooh, yes. moment there. And then I'm a projector. <laughs> and so it's so interesting because the way we work has so much to do with, um, it's so interesting how human design plays a role in that. But lately, and I'm, I just am going off on a tangent in my mind because it's early in the morning and we're just going to follow it. <laughs> Lately with astrology, I have been diving really deep into North and South nodes. Yes. And I was talking with a friend about this in the last couple of months. And this is where the curiosity thing comes into play for me. We were starting to talk about it and read about it. And I have this great book that I should have brought over from that bookshelf behind me, but it's, I can't, I think it's, um, it's not anatomy. It's something astrology where it dives into the, the nodes. I'll put it in the show notes once I think about it. And we both were like diving in so deep and then starting to almost like attach ourselves too heavily to to the Mm -hmm. significance of the nodes in that way. So anyway, all this to say, um, there's so much we can learn from our charts. And I'm just curious the ways in which you have used maybe those North and South nodes or even those main points of our, you know, human design or astrology to, I don't know, dive into this element of curiosity and joy in our careers. Yeah. I love the nodes. I'm so happy you brought them up and very curious to hear the book that you're reading. Um, I'm going to look for it on my computer while you talk because it's going to drive me crazy. So hold on. (laughs) Perfect. So there are points in the chart like the nodes that we can look to, to find, to have some guidance because oftentimes a lot of people come to me and I I just want to I guess, thank you for reflecting back to me that courage, that bravery to Mm, follow mm -hmm. my curiosity, because we don't often give ourselves enough credit. No (laughs) way. We really don't. And we don't realize that it's a moment of courage either in the moment. You're like, oh, you know, because I think it could be so quote unquote easy to just stay on the path you're on or just kind of be like, this is what I'm doing and not open yourself up to the possibilities. So, and I think that is like a, a, an unacknowledged skill or trait of mine, positive trait of mine that I have always been kind of fearless in the pursuit of who I am and mm. what I'm here to do. I love that not, so much. Oh, that's so <laughs> not good. Not always fearless in so many other places, but fearless in that. And I will attribute that to all the Pisces in my chart because it's mm. not just sun and moon, it's Mercury and North node. Um, So, but why I love astrology is that it, like I said, it gives us this language and it gives us some clues just because you're an Aquarius sun doesn't mean that you have to be X, Y, Z, or that you have a Pisces moon means X, Y, Z. It's not a formula like that, but I love the astrology because looking at it, uh, provides us with clues and questions that we can ask ourselves to find where might we be able to seek more joy? Mm-hmm. Where might we be able to shine the flashlight on the parts of us that are really here to be presented in the world that, you know, maybe someone would say our strengths and how can we also accept and love our shadow self, our challenges? That's another huge, huge piece with, with the astrology. And specifically with me, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of women in career transitions. And there's a lot of big feelings that come up Mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you're taking the bold move of making a change, or you're going to put yourself out there as a coach, as a teacher, as a podcaster, as a healer, 
And so being able to reckon with our shadow is a key component to success. And I always uh, like caveat success is how you define it. It's not a number Mm -hmm. or a job title or a number of followers. Um, But that shadow work, that looking in those at those pieces of ourselves that maybe aren't the shiniest (laughs) is a huge piece of being able to put yourself out there. Okay. A couple of things that you just said, I have to touch on, but first the name of the book is astrology for the soul. It's by uh, Jan Spiller, S P I L L E R for anybody that's interested. And what I love so much about this book is it helps you identify your North and South node and then gives this full description. Um, So it's just so interesting and just if anyone's curious, my uh, North node is in Capricorn and my South node is in Cancer, which makes so much sense in my life. But anyway, (laughs) enough about me. What's so interesting, there's so many things that you just said. One, this piece about success, it's about how you define it for yourself. I cannot even begin to tell you the impact of redefining success, like the impact of doing so that that has had on my life for, and I've shared this on the podcast so many times over the last five years, but for me, success was always the grades I got at school, uh, my GPA, what schools I got into, whether or not I I passed the California bar exam to become a lawyer, like all these things. And the minute I realized that my success has more to do with who I am as a person, my kindness, generosity, how I treat others, how I treat myself. Uh, the way in which I want to show up in the world, that was a total game changer for me because Mm -hmm. I no longer attached myself and my self-worth to these external pieces. Now, it wasn't like a one and done, like I snapped my fingers and like, boom, I felt differently. Like I continued to work on this piece for myself all of these years later. And and so for me, what you just said really resonated because I really, really think it's about redefining success and allowing that definition of success for you too to change and evolve and shift over time because it is not what society has told us. So I had to just like spotlight what you just said because I just think that is so, so, so on point. Well, and I too, Sydney, have a similar story of like, I got all the grades. I did all the things that society expected of me. And I found myself in a place in my mid twenties where I was like, uh, I checked all the boxes. Mm -hmm. I'm not really feeling, uh, I don't know if it's happiness or fulfillment or what it is, but I'm not feeling the way I think I should feel considering I did all these things. And that's what kind of sent me on this journey. And I want to encourage anyone listening who maybe is in a similar place. That might be one of the questions to ask yourself is whose definition of success are you trying to live up to? Mm -hmm. And if you really stripped away all of your conditioning, all of the societal norms, what does success look and feel like for you? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's, one of the reasons I left the corporate world is because I did not want to leave my future children for the whole day. Now, no, no judgment on anyone who wants to go back to work or has to go back to work. Like I know this is a 
a privilege, but it's also a life that I created for myself. I can work a few days a week, a few hours a day, and I can spend time with, with my baby. Mm. Yeah. I think what's so interesting too, about this whole piece about context clues and mm. things, questions that I think you can start to ask yourself too, is this other piece that you were talking about previously about shadow work and blocks and challenges. And it's so interesting because whether it's in your personal life with relationships or with your career, there are always these different blocks and challenges and changes that come up and you can't always anticipate them. But I think it's about how we begin to um, address those things to sort of create a path forward for ourselves. And so I'm so curious, maybe in your own life or through your work, you know, the use of these tools like astrology and human design or even journaling or meditation or any of these practices in sort of approaching these blocks or challenges or these elements of the shadow work um, that comes into play. Because I think what's so important to always address is like, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like the hard work comes sometimes in the form of addressing that imposter syndrome or addressing that element of insecurity or recognizing your full value in the workplace. So I'm so curious, what has that looked like for you and and in your, your sessions with clients? Yeah. Well, for me, thank you for asking this question. And, and I, it is such an important topic to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not always talked about, especially not always talked about in like the traditional workplace. We talk about our goals. We set ourselves up for success. And the other thing is feelings often don't have a, are not seen to have a place in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean you need to show up to your next like round table crying or like executive meeting crying. That's not what I mean. But your feelings can be sacred clues that something is off, whether that's something off in the outside world that you can navigate or adjust, or there's something that's being triggered or uh, resonating within you as an invitation to go in and look at your own your own stuff, because we all have our stuff nobody lives through this life, just rainbows and butterflies without, uh, grief or loss or trauma, whether that's capital T trauma or lowercase T Mm -hmm, trauma. mm -hmm. And so for me that I would not be where I am today. And that being like having run my own business and having many evolutions through that business as a coach for the last seven and a half years without working with my own teachers, healers, I usually in the past have, have focused on like my emotional side and the spiritual work. And I find that the business then flows so much, so much more easily Mm -hmm. versus hiring. And I know this is like counterintuitive because I, I myself, I'm a career coach, I'm a business coach, but if I've worked with someone on my business, I always make sure that they have they have the capacity to also do the, the investigation on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of journaling, lots of meditation, t- traditional talk therapy, uh, other sorts of therapy. And of course, working with my own coaches, teachers, and healers. Mm-hmm. I think what you said is so interesting because it is about, I think, also recognizing the areas in which are your strengths and the mm-hmm. areas that 
may not be your strength and may not be where you want to focus your energy or your attention to. And sometimes with that and with just approaching challenges and blocks in general, I have found is like this deep level of resistance. (laughs) Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to touch it. Like when I get anxious about something, it goes one of two ways. I either tackle it head on because I'm like, I just want to be done with this and address it. Or there's so much resistance that it turns into procrastination. It becomes two months later. And I look at the thing and I go, oh my God, okay, I just have to do this. And I actually had a situation like this yesterday. And I looked at the thing that I had been avoiding. And I literally asked myself, why are you resisting this so mm-hmm. much? And the answer that came to me in the moment was because this is a next step with something and it makes you uncomfortable to dive into it. And then I'm sitting here at my desk, got like a million things to do. And I do the thing that I always do, which is I'm like, start deep going deeper in my head about the reasons why. And I'm not even going to take everybody listening on this like <laughs> journey I went on. But I just think this element of resistance is so interesting. And sometimes I find it's about looking at the purpose or the reasoning behind that resistance that kind of becomes that like key to unlock everything else that allows things to flow, that allows things to pick up speed, that allows you to know when you need to outsource for something or ask for help. So what you just said, just like hit like a light bulb for me of like, oh yeah, I see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our resistance, I find like our resistance can point to kind of two things. One, it's like, it is an area where you have some of your own blocks, where Mm -hmm. you have some of your own work to do, or it might be a clue of like, like for me as a generator, often if I'm resisting something, I can look into it and say, oh, actually that's not for me right now. I need to follow the things that light me up that I'm drawn towards. Now that doesn't mean denying like the, the stuff that needs to be worked on, but what's What's important in what you shared, I think, for folks to to take away is that you took that opportunity to pause mm-hmm. and question. And that, again, is not really something, it's not something I was taught in school, in business school. No, we in- were taught how to like use a recorder and not do our taxes in school. <laughs> so like, I don't think we learned how to pause. No way. No yes. way. Well, we no. learned the linear way of like moving forward, but yes. sometimes to move forward, you have to look back. You have to look in. Yes. And yes. so that pause, that, that pause where you can invite in like space, I would say space for your intuition to speak to you because Mm. almost all of the time we have the answer and the answer might be, you need to get help with this. I remember years and years and years ago, years and years and years ago, it was probably like four years ago. But that's um, years and years and years ago in the timeline of life right now. Let's be honest. Come on. I mean, totally like four months ago was a different lifetime. A whole universe ago, basically. A whole universe. But I was having trouble. I felt getting over a breakup. Mm. And finally I, I sat with it and I had like journaled on it and meditated on it and did the things. And my higher self said, you need to go to therapy. Mm. (laughs) You need help with this. You need external help. So sometimes the messages from our higher self, from spirit, from your intuition, however you want to label it is seek outside help. But you almost always, I would say always have your next right step within. And so taking that pause to say, what's here and how can I move forward is 
so important and something that's really often like overlooked. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. You said so many beautiful things. So I got to like highlight two of them. One, recognizing when something is just not for you right now. And that doesn't mean the door is closed. It just means there's a screen on the door and it just is not Mm -hmm. right for you right now. And I think that's okay. And recognizing it. Second thing you said that I have to highlight is this element of pausing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to move forward, you actually have to pause and look back. And I think sometimes we're so focused on moving to the next, the next goal, the next milestone, the next, um, I don't know, let's just at work, the next like big deal you need to close or whatever it might be that you're not taking any time to reflect on what you've learned, how far you've come, where you're growing areas in which you still want to focus on. And I think our society, and I'm speaking like the Western world because we're based in the U.S. here, like think about trying to take paid vacation or time off Mm -hmm. or resting. Like that's got to be a key component to your success to move forward. But we look at those things as like, oh yeah, I'll rest when I accomplish this thing or I'll take a vacation when it makes sense timeline-wise. No, like the time to rest and take that vacation is when you need it, not when the candle has totally burned out on both ends. So what you said about this element of pausing, I think is so beautiful and so interesting and lends itself so heavily and intrinsically to joy because when you allow yourself that time in that space and I think within that becomes an element to explore your creativity more an opportunity to really look at what lights you up what brings you joy it allows you I think to continue to flourish and go after the things that really excite you so maybe that thing that's not for you right now will become that thing for you in six months to a year when you've given yourself that time in that space so I had to highlight what you said (laughs) because I just think I think that's kind of the nugget like the key to unlock everything recognizing like hey You may not be doing the exact thing you want to do every single day. You may have things that are unavoidable, but if you can take that time to pause and reflect and rest and continue to explore what lights you up or begin to understand what lights you up and brings you joy, those other doors will just start to unlock. So beautiful, beautiful. So, so good. This is making me think of the postpartum period. So Mm. something else that I have done in my work actually for, for some time now is use the metaphor of birthing a business. Mm -hmm. So, so using the trimester model or the physiological birth of a, of a human Mm -hmm. and comparing that to gestating a, a business. And you mentioned how we're talking about how rest can actually propel you forward in a way that maybe was unexpected or allow you to step back into forward action in a more aligned, excited way. Yeah. And my experience with, with postpartum and when you have a child, you're technically postpartum for the rest of your life, but I'm speaking about called, called like the fourth trimester. So this period, these few months directly after having a baby, um, while it hasn't really been restful, <laughs> I cannot anyone, imagine it is. There's anyone no way. with a new baby will, <laughs> will no tell way. you it's not necessarily restful. But I, I really allowed myself not even to consider 
working until truly this, these last week or two, which is, you know, almost three months. And I think what that's allowed me to do is find my footing as Mm. who I am as a mom, because it, it is a, a whole identity shift. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. a whole identity Mm -hmm. shift and really heal emotionally, physically, spiritually from this experience of birth, integrate some of the lessons so that when I step back in, I'm stepping back into my work from a nourished place versus a depleted place. Mm. And something we hear a lot, especially for women in the workforce is like, how fast can you get back to work? How fast can you get back to your body? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think some of that dialogue is changing, but it's still ingrained in us from years and years and years of programming of the belief system that getting back, which who wants to get back, but getting back into a job or a pant size is the goal. Like who can do it fastest? And so if you are going through any big shift, whether it is, a birth or a loss, or maybe both of those things, or a career change, it's really important to give yourself this integration time so that when you do make those big choices, those big decisions, maybe even big investments, they can be more aligned versus just something made out of, made from like a a depleted sort of state. Hmm. Oh, what you just said is so good because it's about that element of nourishment. And I wrote something down. It's about finding your footing in your life and your career through following your joy. But Mm -hmm. to follow your joy means you have to provide yourself with those opportunities for nourishment and that opportunity to um, rest and reflect because you're so right. It becomes almost a competition with yourself and with other women of, oh, how quickly can I get back to work? How quickly can I bounce back? We see all the time about like getting back into your, you know, pant size pre, you know, giving birth or, oh my God, pre pandemic. Let's talk like, (laughs) there's so many changes that we've all gone through in the last two and a half, almost three years. So I think what you shared is really, is really beautiful and good. I think food for thought and nuggets of wisdom of like, Hey, you've got to just take care of yourself and do Mm -hmm. so through following what lights you up. And sometimes it takes time to figure that out, but there are tools like really at your disposal that can help you do that. I I just think this element of nourishment is so key because we often deviate from that because of the ways in which we define success for ourselves and as a society and kind of basically everything that we've talked about those things help like kind of keep our eyes off of the the prize which is really taking care of ourselves and nourishing ourselves so that we can do so for others and continue i think on that journey of joy and fulfillment oh what you said is so good it's so so good thank you (laughs) it's so it's so so good okay so to kind of close this up Um, I have some questions that I would love to ask you. You already shared with us your sun, moon, rising and your human design, but I'm curious if you have a a go-to mantra or affirmation or something that has maybe helped guide you through this journey of following your own joy and helping others, I think, to do the same, um, you know, in, in these spaces. Yeah. The one that's coming to mind, well, there's two that's coming to mind. Can I share two? Please. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> they're very, course. they're very related. There are no rules here. There are <laughs> okay, no <good>. rules. <laughs> um, the first is 
when I take care of myself, everything else falls into place. Mm. And we've been conditioned to think that we need to, especially as women, as, as a mom now, um, we've been conditioned to put other people first and, and, think that that's like a way of being good. You know, that's how you're being of service is that you're being selfless. Mm. And the truth is, if you're not able, you have to fill your own cup first. And that's so, you know, it's said over and over again, but I think it's really important, uh, an important reminder that when your cup is filled, you then have, you, you give to others from the overfill, from mm-hmm. the overflow, not mm-hmm. from your last sips of, inspiration of energy, uh, of life force. So when I take care of myself, everything else falls into place. Mm. And the other one, I actually posted this on my, my Instagram earlier this morning, because it came up in a client session yesterday is my no makes way for someone else's. Yes. This is a really, really important, especially for my fellow generators, especially for anyone with a, with a strong Libra placement or who identifies as a people pleaser, just trying to do it all. My no makes way for someone else's yes. So I can contribute to others success by saying no. Me saying no doesn't mean the job's not going to get done, that the, you know, position's not going to get filled, that this person isn't going to find their, uh, their own inspiration. Um, that you staying in your own lane allows other people to shine in theirs. These are so good. These are so, so good. Okay. All right. Last question, because I could talk to you all day, but this is really the question I ask everyone, um, that comes on the podcast. And, uh, I always love to ask it because I think the, the answers are just always so beautiful, but okay. Anyway, it's, um, what is your biggest dream? Ooh, I know it's a big one. (laughs) It's a big uh, one and it's a big no, one to close it's, it. It's very top of mind right now. Well, oh, first, one of my biggest dreams was to become a mom. And mm-hmm. so that's happened and that's really, really cool. And it's also a moment when your big dreams come true where you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like the dream has come to fruition and now it makes space for a new one. Totally, totally. Yeah. And of course, there's so many more iterations with my son yeah. that I get to You're experience. just getting started. I'm, I'm thrilled for that. Yeah. But another big dream is to have a place in the country <laughs> with mm. a big, beautiful garden. And um, my partner and I also see this perhaps as being part of a community of like-minded folks who want to grow their own food, live more in connection with nature, uh, have a deeper spiritual practice. And yeah, so that's a, that's a big dream that we're working on right now. Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. Emily, thank you for this conversation. I can't, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, I really enjoyed, like I said, sitting down with you and I could really talk to you all day. There are so many, I think, similarities and, and commonalities in our journey. And I just know everyone listening is going to totally feel the same way and want to connect with you. So what is the best way to connect with you, learn more, learn about your um, intuitive coaching sessions? Where, where's the best place to find you? Yeah. So my website, emilynahazel.com, I'm sure you'll be able to link that. Um, that will tell you more about me and where you can, if you want to book a session, I offer something called a career clarity session. That's a one-off where we can use your charts to 
look at those clues as to your work, how you can find more joy, more inspiration, more flow within your work, whatever that is or whatever you want it to be in the world. Um, and I'm also pretty active on Instagram and my handle is Emily Nahazel. So you can find me there. Perfect. Okay. I want to put everything in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to find you, connect, learn more. And like I said, thank you for this conversation, because I think as we continue to navigate our place in the workplace, our place in our own lives, families, career, relationship, et cetera, there's always going to be moments of joy and inspiration, but also blocks and challenges and opportunities, Mm -hmm. I think, to examine our roadmap and examine how we look at it. So to have tools like astrology, human design, an intuitive career coach. And I think conversations like this um, is really a game changer. So thank you for this. I, I loved it. Awesome. Me too. Thank you for having me. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday. Tuesday.